Well, hey everyone, welcome to the Exchange Podcast. We are so pumped that you made your way here, and we pray that these episodes would be practical and inspiring for your walk with Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so today, I am very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be preaching with you guys. Those who don't know me, my name is Aaron. Um, my wife and I were the kids pastors here at uh, Colonial Church. And um, we've been around a little bit more of the exchange. We just love, we love this group of people. We love this age group. And um, we're just really excited to be hanging out with you guys. And I want to take you to a message in John 5. So if you guys have your Bibles or your phones, pull out John 5. Um, I'm going to be reading in the Passion Translation today. Um, it's a great translation. It's it's a fantastic translation. But um, before I do that, I just I want to I just want to preface this with saying tonight I've been deep in prayer for you guys, and I don't, I'm not just saying that. God has given me a word in revelation for you guys here tonight that he hasn't given me before, and I just really think that God has something specific for you tonight, and I really don't want you guys to miss it, so I want to encourage you guys to lean in and take notes, because if you don't need this message right now, you might need it in the future, and I pray that tonight's going to be a message for you guys that you might be able to look back on in the future and be like, no, I remember when this was said, and I'm going through this now, so I'm going to declare this. Does that sound good? It's, I, and I'm just praying that God's speaking through me. So today I'm going to be um, speaking out of John 5, and it's a story of a man who has been healed uh, by Jesus. So pretty standard preacher message. Uh, but right off the top, like, there's a little bit of difference with this man. And the thing that is different about this situation and the healing that Jesus does in this man's life is this man is in the middle of severe disappointment. Severe disappointment. If I was to guess, I would say that this is the most disappointed man in the Bible. I can't say that, so he's probably one of the most disappointed men in the Bible. And so right in the middle of all of this disappointment and discouragement, Jesus shows up and completely changes his life. And I hope that today you guys can see what Jesus can do in your guys' life, in your disappointment, in your situations, and how he can change your life today. So a little bit of context here is there's this place outside of Jerusalem called Bethesda. And there were these five pools that they found. And the weird thing about these pools is that they're filled with water. So dope. But that was supposed to be a joke. But anyway. (laughs) Um, The weird thing about these pools is that they believed that an angel would come down from heaven and stir up the pool and make the water bubble. And the first person, if you were the first person to get into one of those pools of water as it was moving, the water was moving, you would be instantly healed. So if you, if you had a missing arm, you're healed. If you, had a, if you had cancer, you're healed. If you had a little common cold or whatever, doesn't matter, you're healed. First person in gets healed, right? So there's a multitude of sick people hanging around these pools just waiting. And the cool thing is, is they've archaeologists have actually gone on and excavated this site. And we have found these five pools. And the, the wild thing is, is there's a church that's right next to it. It's incredible. So it's, it's wild. Um, so we're going to pick up there. John 5, starting in verse 5, it says this. Now there was a man, the very disappointed man. There was a man who had been disabled for 38 years, lying among the new multitude, or the multitude of sick. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time. So Jesus said to him, do you truly long to be healed? 
kind of a weird question given the circumstances. If, someone, if you're sick and someone asks you, do you want to be healed, you're obviously going to say yes, right? Kind of funny. Um, the sick man answered him, sir, there is no way that I can get healed. For I have no one to lower me into the edge of the pool. Or sorry, I have no one who will lower me into the water. When the angel comes, as soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, which is a whole different message. The man was trying to do it in his own strength. When he's trying to crawl into the pool, someone jumps in ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Immediately, he stood up, and he was healed. So he rolled up his mat and walked again. How amazing is that? Could you imagine, first of all, witnessing this happening? Would be crazy just being there in this place. Could you imagine being the man and having this happen? Could you imagine being the man lying next to this pool for 38 years, disabled, wanting to be delivered from your sickness? 38 years. That's older than pretty much anyone in here right now. 38 years, he lied next to this pool, hoping just one day, maybe, maybe I can crawl in there before anyone else gets in. Maybe. 38 years. And then, imagine this. Not only that, he had to stand there and watch as people got in before him and got healed of the very thing that he needed healing from. Talk about discouragement, right? This man was down in the dump, so much so that when someone asks you, hey, are you sick? Do you want to get healed? You don't even say yes right away. It's crazy. So today, I want to bring a message called In an Instant. In an Instant. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, God. Thank you so much for who you are, God. We thank you that you're in this place right now, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would soften hearts, God, that you would make us uh, sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing in this room. Lord, if, that you would speak through me, Lord, as I open my mouth, that you, it's not my words that come out and fill this room, Lord, but it is yours, that people aren't pointed to me, God, but they're pointed to you. We love you so much, God. Do what you will in this room right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm what you would call a frequent flyer. If I gathered up all my frequent flyer miles and put them all together, I'd probably be like the Delta Diamond class or whatever it's called in Delta. Um, I fly a lot because my parents are on the other side of the, the states, but then on the other side of it, um, I've, I've lived in Australia for four years, and so you fly back and forth. And there's one flight when you fly to Australia that is longer than all the rest. It's pretty much the goat of all flights because you're flying literally to the other side of the world or the GOAT, greatest of all flights. It's very long. It's 16 hours. So you start off in L.A. and you end up in Sydney, and that flight is 16 hours long. And I've flown this flight, I think, eight or nine times now. And every single time I fly this flight, the same thing happens. There's like this, it, there's like this rhythm that happens in the flight, and I've kind of seen it happen over time and time again, and I've taken note of it, and I want to share that with you today. It's kind of funny. When you first arrive at the flight, or at the, what is it called, terminal? Gosh. You first arrive at the terminal, you walk in, and... Everyone is, like, in the best mood. It's weird. You walk in, and literally every person that's sitting down is, like, giving high fives. There's a guy over there cracking champagne and, like, spraying it everywhere. Because the only people that go to Australia are, one, people who live there who are freaking amazing, and, two, people who are going on vacation. So everyone who's getting on the plane is just in the best mood, and it's great. So you're in the best mood, too, because you're doing the same thing. So you get on the plane, and you're flying to Australia, and you're hanging out with all these people, and giving high fives and spraying champagne everywhere. And you take off, get your drinks, 
get your little pretzels, an hour goes by, and then you start reading your book, you read one book, you read two books, you watch a movie, you watch another movie that isn't even out yet in theaters that somehow the plane got, which I'm not exactly sure how that happens, but it does. And then you watch another movie, and then you play your Nintendo Switch for a little bit, and then you read another book, and then you watch another movie, and then you're finally running out of things to do. So you decide, I'm doing it, I'm talking to the person next to me. Look at the person next to you, you start talking to them. All of a sudden, you realize it's a big mistake because they're a weirdo. And so now you're stuck next to this person for the rest of the flight. And right when you end the conversation with the person, this thought comes in your brain. You think to yourself, hey, I've been on this flight for a long time. I'm probably almost there. We gotta be almost there, right? So you pull up the little tracker on on the there's like the screen, and you can pull up where you are in the world. And like you look at it, and it's like you have been on this flight for nine hours. And you're like, what? Nine hours? I still have seven hours to go on this flight? Are you joking me? And you see the whole entire flight go from like a 21 year old's birthday party all of a sudden to like a morgue. It's like really, 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 really sad. And everyone is goes from being excited for to going to Australia to just trying to make it another minute. They're like, I just gotta endure this flight. And you have like Molly in the aisle way, which I don't know why they do this, but literally you'll see people like squatting like this in the aisle, not caring who sees because they're just like doing whatever they can to make it just another minute. And I feel like that's kind of how life is though at times. You have this, you have this perspective, right? You get saved by Jesus or whatever it is. <laughs> that was a very weird comment, but <laughs> That's what came out, okay. So you get, you get saved by Jesus, and you're so on fire. You're, you're, you're just, like, taking ground. You're coming to church every Sunday, and sooner or later, over time, it, you, you start to get overcome by the things of life, and sooner or later, life just becomes, ah, oh, I just got to make another day. I just got to wake up and go to work, go to sleep. I just got to endure through this, right? And you look at this man, how he was enduring the 38 years. You know, the, he might get a little excited here and there when the water starts to move, but then Johnny gets in before him, right? And so you, you, you get in this place where you're just trying to endure this flight, but then something happens. Uh, flight attendants, please prepare the cabin for order. And all of a sudden, the whole entire plane moves from being in a morgue back to like a 21-year-old's birthday party, and the champagne bottles come back out, and people are screaming. I, okay, that's all fun in games. No joke, I've been on a flight where when that happens, people start clapping and cheering. It's, uh, it's crazy. The whole entire flight changes, right? And in an instant, a few words completely change everything that's going on in the flight. And just like Jesus in this man, in a few words, this man's life is completely changed. It doesn't matter that he's been waiting 38 years because he is now healed and he is now free. It doesn't matter that you were just on the plane for 16 hours because now you're there. You're in Australia, right? It's really, really crazy to see. And so I think about this man's life and how he just wanted to be changed, and he was enduring, and then he was changed. And I think about our life, how sometimes it can feel like we need to be enduring, but then we just need a word from God, and then everything can change. But before that, there's this waiting period. There's the 16 hours, right? There's the 38 years. There's this waiting period that happens, and the waiting period can be discouraging. It really can be. So point number one today in this message is this. Say it after me. In the waiting, I am renewed. I feel like you guys are like half asleep, so one more time. In the waiting, I am renewed. Awesome. That's a lot better. But this message 
as I started writing this message, the, the story's all great and everything, but as I started writing this message, it really started to hit home for me, personally. Usually when I write messages, it's like, God, what do you have for these people? He starts to give you a message, and, you know, you just work it out. This one really, I started to see myself a lot in this message because of things that have been going on in my life. Like, if I'm being totally honest with you, like, I've had my fair share of disappointments recently. I've had a lot of things that I was waiting for, and there's a lot of things that I'm still waiting for in my life. Like, just for instance, my just being really open with you guys, like, my dad is, is sick. He's been sick for a long time. And I'm still waiting for his healing. I'm still believing for my dad's healing, right? I'm still, I, I've imagined that phone call and that happening, but it hasn't happened yet. And I would be lying if I said I was disappointed or wasn't disappointed at times. But when I get to that place and I'm disappointed about any news that we've received or anything, I have to remind myself of one thing. There's one thing that's different between this man that was lying by the pool in our life. And the difference is that we have Jesus with us all the time. God is here. We just sang about it. God is here even when we don't feel it. He's working, right? Waymaker, amazing song. But the thing is, it's like God is always going to be with us. And I have to believe that because I don't have time to wait around and think that things are going to work out, right? And just be like, okay, I'm just going to wait around on what the doctors say. And until that point, I'm just going to accept that my dad's sick and just hang out, right? No, that's dumb. Like, Jesus is a healer, right? So I'm going to do everything that I can to take all of my disappointment, anything that's weighing on me, bring it back to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to move. And even if you don't, I know that you're still working in this. Isaiah 40, 31 says this. This is such a great verse. I just hope that you guys get this verse the way that I did because it brought so much revelation to me. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength shall renew their strength, shall renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who take what they have to God and put it in his court, those who take their disappointment and put it into God's hands, those who take anything that is bogging them down and putting it in God's hands, yes, it's hard. Even when there's, if you're being honest, you're like, man, I don't even feel like you're here, God, but I'm trying to bring this to you. It says, he shall renew their strength. And then it goes on and says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, which I can't tell if it's being real or not, like if we're actually going to get wings, but it'd be pretty cool. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That is a promise of the Lord. So I have to do everything that I can to take my disappointment to my heavenly father. And he does this amazing thing where he takes his strength, his love, and his hope, and he gives it back to me. And it is so much easier carrying around his hope than it is my disappointment. So much easier carrying around his hope in your life than it is to carry around your own disappointment. And going on, like, I, I started thinking more about this as I was thinking about my dad and all this stuff. And I started to realize that there is a multitude of sick people that were there at the site with this man, right? This is multitude. I don't know how many that is. But if I would imagine if they were, like, these five pools today that were here somewhere and they would heal people, you would have thousands of people there, right? I don't know if it was thousands because it would be hard to travel and all that, but let's just say hundreds, right? There's multitudes of sick people that are just sitting there waiting for healing. Why didn't Jesus heal them? It's a hard question. Really hard question. And I don't know the answer for sure. Like, I don't think we'll ever know that until we're in heaven 100%. 
But I would like to think that one thing is, is that he saw the faith of the man. And secondly, he, the man was open to entertaining a conversation with God. Like, I could imagine the multitude so focused on the pool. Just, this is going to be my healing. This is going to be what sets me free. This man's trying to talk to me. There's not, I'm just watching this pool because as soon as that moves, I'm going for it. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like that's how we are here today. A lot of us, it's so easy to get distracted on all these things in the natural that are around us. Get so focused in on like, no, this is what really matters. When God's sitting there going, hello, I'm right here. I just want to talk with you. Do you want to speak with me? I'm right here. Like, I'll change your life if you want me to. I'll change it right now. All you have to do is have faith and listen to me, right? But it's so easy. All of us, we're, we, we end up waiting on stuff. We end up waiting on money, like looking to money, looking to uh, how, how we feel, like feeling good, waiting for that golden opportunity, waiting for a girl to message back, waiting for popularity. Like how many of you guys had the thought, like when I get popular, things are going to get better? When this important person messages me, I'll finally feel better, you know? When I have more friends, things will be better. But what if instead, as exchange... We said, no, when I hear from Jesus, when Jesus speaks to me, everything's going to change. Not just today, not just this situation that's going on. I'm going to get a new perspective for my life, and it's going to send me off in a new direction, and it is going to build the kingdom in Jesus' name. Lord, wait. Lord, uh, sorry. Lord, I'll wait for you to speak to me. How many times do we say that? God, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to be quiet, and I'm just going to listen. Not be afraid of the awkward silence, but just listen. How often do we do this? God promises that he'll talk with us. We wait with expectancy in exchange. You see, we can wait around in our lives for something, or we can wait on the Lord. There's two options. We can wait for something to happen, or we can wait on God. And if we wait on God, he's going to, what it said earlier, he's going to renew us. He's going to give us strength. He's going to get, we're going to get wings, probably not physically, but either way, it'd be pretty cool. Like eagles, we're going to get mount, you know, we're going to mount up with wings like eagle. What does it say? They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. It's amazing, right? And if we're not waiting on the Lord, this is going to be a real, real big thought. If, if we're not all waiting on the Lord in here, what are we doing? Like, on Tuesday, on Sunday, we can show up on Tuesday, every Tuesday. We can serve on the Dream Team on Sunday. We can be a part of a connect group. We can even lead a connect group. But if we're not physically asking and putting ourselves in the position of, like, God, speak to me, what are we doing? Why, why do we do all this if we're not willing to have an intimate relationship with God? You know, I'm saying this not to just challenge you and be like, you know, you should listen to God more. But I'm saying it as in like, challenge, it's challenging myself. You know what I mean? I need to listen. We all do. We all need to listen to God more, you know, because he's constantly speaking. Psalms 27 says this, verse 13 and 14. It says, I believe that, this is David. He says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Which, first of all, that statement, I'm not going to go into all of that. But if you read that, like, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. That's huge. In the land of the living, that is a huge faith statement. If you need more faith, declare that in your life. Then going on, it says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And the key word in that is that word right there, let. Where is it? There it is, let. And let your heart take courage. It doesn't say make your heart take courage. 
How many of us make our hearts take courage? You know what I mean? Make your heart do something. It says let your heart take courage. When we are, bring ourselves to the Lord in a, in a posture of listening, when we listen to the Lord and we stand in front of him and we spread our arms wide and we say, God, listen, like, listen, this is where I'm at, honestly. Like, I'm stink, I stink at this. I'm struggling with this. This is the worst right now. This is really great. Just being honest, whatever it is. And then listening, let your heart take courage. He'll start to renew your heart. In the waiting, I am renewed. So point number one, in the waiting, I am renewed. Point number two today is this. In an instant, say it with me, I am changed. Again, one more time with feeling. In an instant, I am changed. I fell through a deck one time. Ten years old, hard transition. Ten years old, first day of summer, I was cleaning my friend's pool, right? So there I am on the deck sifting with those pool sifters. I don't know if that's what they're called, but I'm going to call them that. So I'm doing this, walking sideways, and all of a sudden, I, this dang hole comes out of nowhere, and I step straight into it, and I fall eight feet onto a rock that's perfectly in a triangle, and I snap my tailbone in two. In an instant, my summer changed. In an instant, I went from being able to walk to not being able to walk, to being able to sit down, to not being able to sit down, to being able to pee by myself, to having my mom help me. And when you're 10 years old, that is like scarring. So anyway, still dealing with that one. But long story short, like in an instant, my whole entire summer changed. That was the summer that I was going to climb Mount Hood. That was the summer I was going to go whitewater rafting. And that was the summer I was finally going to get a girlfriend. It didn't happen. In an instant, my whole summer changed. And these things happen. You know, there's these moments in everyone's life that happen where you go from being fine, perfect, I'm good, crushing it, I'm making money, I got a good job, you know, serving in church, things are great, to all of a sudden just completely falling apart, crushing it to being crushed, right? They happen so fast. And if there's one thing that I've learned in these situations is that it's okay to not be okay. We say that so much. But life happens, right? Things happen. And sometimes we fall apart. And that's okay. In exchange, I want you guys to know it is okay for you guys to come here messed up. Because newsflash, we say this again all the time, but we're all messed up. I'm messed up. Liz is really messed up. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> no. But... It's true. We are all messed up. We all got our problems. We all got our things. Things happen. Life is still happening to all of us around us. And what we have to do is plant our, our feet firm in the ground and say, no, I'm going to take this situation. I'm going to give it back to you, God. And I'm going to listen because I know in a moment you will speak to me. And your words will heal this situation. Your words can change this situation. And even if you don't, God, I'm still going to stand here and I'm still going to keep giving you my words. I'm going to keep giving you my discouragement because I shall get strength back. I shall, you know, mount up with wings like an eagle, right? Those are encouraging words. Like if we take what we're going through and we give it to God, he promises to renew us and bring it back. And then not only that, we will be changed. I find it funny about this story that this man is asked this question, do you want to be healed? And he says, there is no way I can be healed, right? Jesus healed him anyways. I'm going to roll that back. He says, 
do you want to be healed? Man does not say yes. Jesus heals him anyway. God loved this man so much and saw his faith and loved him so much that he says, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I love you so much that I'm going to heal you right now. He says that for us too. And the cool thing is, is it's not like a Jesus is walking through this one random Tuesday and we actually, that's the only time we get to talk with him. He's with us all the time. Man, you can come back up. He's with us all the time. And he loved this man so much that he wouldn't leave him there. And he loves you so much that he doesn't want, he doesn't want to leave you there. But the question is, do you know him? Do you have that relationship with him? Do you look at him and, or, and ask, like, God, speak to me? Because it starts there, you know? God just wants an opportunity to work in your life. You know, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you've never given your life to Jesus, or if you've never met Jesus personally for yourself, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Or maybe you have at one point, and to be honest, you just feel distance between you guys. That's okay. We're going to give you an opportunity to come home to Jesus here. But before I do, while I was working on this message, I felt like the Lord speaks so strong to me that there are specific situations going on in this room. There's news that has recently happened that is just crushing, that is hard to process. Maybe you haven't even processed it here. But I want to pray with you guys about this. I mean, I got my own stuff. I got my own waiting period. But if we desperately need a word from the Lord, can we just stand up real fast? But if we desperately need the word from the Lord, I'm going to ask you in a moment to just raise your hands. And I'm going to be raising my hands just alongside of you guys because we all need to hear from God. We all need to hear from God. So if that's you tonight, if, if you desperately need a word from the Lord, if you, I'm going to ask you to be bold and just slip both your hands up. And this just, this just symbolizes what's going on on the inside. That there's a need on the inside and that you are surrendering it all to Jesus. You're saying, Jesus, it doesn't matter what's going on. I need to hear from you right now. So that's you. Would you just raise both your hands? Doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small. It can be a little frustration. It can be the biggest tragedy. God still wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you right now in this room because he loves you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to build you up. He wants to give you wings like eagles. So, Lord, we just thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. Right here tonight, God, we make a stand. We place our feet firm in the ground and we lift our hands, God, and say we need to hear from you, God. And we're willing to stand here for as long as it takes, God. Lord, would you speak with us, Lord? Speak your word, your Holy Spirit, come down into this room, Jesus.
Well, we hope you enjoyed that message and we pray that it blessed you. Make sure to show us some love and hit that subscribe button, but we also love to connect with you. So email us at podcast at colonialchurch.life or you can hang with us every Tuesday night at 550 State Road 207 in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.